Hi, this is Christopher Framberg and I'm one of the pastors in SOS Church Stockholm. We are an international Pentecostal church on Kungsholmen with celebrations in both English and Swedish. Our vision is to be a church that is for all people and to all nations that are living the Book of Acts kind of life in Stockholm and to the ends of the earth. We hope that this week's message will challenge and equip you to live a strong life together with Jesus. Third and last part of that series. My name is Christopher and I am pastor here in the church together with an awesome pastor's team. If I haven't met you and if I have met you, it's, I'm, I'm, my, the name and pastor is still the same. It's the same. Um, so today I think we will have, have a great Sunday together. Last spring or last beginning of summer last year, I went to Tanzania together with, um, with the Bible school students. We're going, going on a mission trip in the end of every year with our Bible school and leadership academy. And, and we went to Songea, Tanzania, and we had, had an amazing week when we were preaching. We saw God do so many things. And then after one week, we, uh, we had a day off, this, the, the Monday. And Monday of that festival week, and we were looking into what we could do in Songea, and we realized it's not so much to do. <laughs> but there is one mountain that you can, you can walk up in. And we did it together with a guide. So we were following that guide up, up the mountain. There were some 20 people joining him. And, and as, as we were walking up that mountain, after a while, I, I asked him, so is there any dangerous animals around? And uh, I shouldn't have asked that. <laughs> there were so many different snakes, so many different animals. I was like, all right. And, it's, and, and, it's, and in that tree one time, I saw a big leopard when we came walking here. A big, big, big leopard. I was like, okay, so what kind of weapons do you have? No, no, I don't have any weapons. But, but no worry. I know the behavior of the animal. And I was like, all right. Is, is that enough? Yeah, he said that. I, I don't know the right word in English, but, but, but the, the cat animal, they have some hair here. <laughs> and he said, huh? Whiskers. He said, if they, if, if they are down like this, they're very calm. It's nothing to be afraid of. I was like, but what, 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 what if it's up? <laughs> he said, then you need to be afraid. Then, then, then we have a problem because then he's hungry. And I was like, but what are we doing if, we, if, we, if it comes here with whiskers up? He said, the best thing you can do if you have no weapon is that you take a blanket or something around your neck because he will try to attack the neck. And I was like, is that it? <laughs> First of all, I have no blanket with me. <laughs> Second, it, it doesn't feel like, is that really enough? Um, when, when you're in a place like that, you want to know, like, can I trust this guy or not? Do, can he protect us if something is happening? And when we speak about faithfulness, I think that's a question you ask yourself, like, can I trust God or not? It's a matter of trust. There is, there is one way to check the trust. I was thinking that we should illustrate this and try it. Douglas, you helped me very good on the first service. Can you come up here again? Douglas, and I need one more. Let me see here who I should pick. Um, Emily, Emily, come up here. Awesome. All right, so I want to see the trust now. Emily, if you come here. We, we ju I just want to see if Douglas is really trusting you. So Douglas, if you turn around like this, you stand like this, and then you close your eyes. And then, then right before he, he will fall back, and right before he hits, hits the ground, you, you take him with one arm like that. Yeah? 
Can you do that? Or should we change it? We, okay, we change it. We change it. Emily is falling down and Douglas is catching her. Let's try it. If you close your eyes and then you just fall back. Let's see if we can trust Douglas. Oh! <laughs> Come on, give it up. Thank you so much. I mean, you can really trust Douglas. You can trust Douglas. He is a faithful man. Um, this is just an, an example or illustration. I mean, before you put your life in someone's hand, you want to evaluate. You want to see, can I really trust this person? Douglas, he was not really sure if Emily could, be, <laughs> could catch him or not. <laughs> he didn't have so much faith in her. I think it's the same thing with God. When we're coming to God, we want to, we want to know, God, can I really put my hand in your life? Thomas was challenging about finances. God, can I really trust this with my finances? God, can I really trust you with my eternity? God, can I really trust you in relationships? God, can I really trust you with health? God, are you going to be faithful? I mean, if I'm falling, are you going to catch me? You want to see and evaluate, can I really trust you? When we're speaking about faithfulness, we're studying the book of Hebrews. And, and I think that is really the question that the author of Hebrews takes up because the letter of Hebrews is written to the Jewish Christians and, and people that, that was recent converts to Christianity. They were new believers and some of them that had been slipping into the old lives. They hadn't really gotten to know God and understood Him so well. So the author of Hebrews is writing to them and, 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 and are telling them but that Jesus is always better. He's always going to be faithful. You can place your hand in he, uh, uh, your, your life in his hands and he's going to cut you and and, and what I'm reading the book of Hebrews there's a couple of questions that we can't see if they're asking it but he the author is answering those questions so I'm assuming that is like questions in the air for 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 those that that they wrote the letters to and one of them is uh, is what is faith that's one of the questions if I should believe in God if I should have faith in God I need to know what faith is everything starts there that is the foundation so I want want us to go to uh, Hebrews 11 and 1 in just a minute just a minute and um, for uh, before we take that scripture what is faith I want to start with saying something that faith is not faith is not a feeling faith is not just uh, what you uh, logically assume or your conclusion there is not faith faith is something deeper uh, faith is very much like love love is something that that is very very real people can do almost anything if they are in love for someone <laughs> some people is doing some crazy things for people that are in love with because love is such a force love is so real even though you cannot take it out and hold it in your hand the same thing is true with joy if you have a lot of joy you can see it I mean it's it's obvious if you have joy or if you have peace if you truly have peace in your heart if you have peace with yourself we can take the next picture and uh, then it's something that is almost visible even though you cannot hold it in your hand isn't that right and the same thing is true with faith if you have faith people are going to see it. Why? Because faith is something. So what is faith? Hebrews 11 and 1 says this, now faith is confidence in 
in what or in things we hope for and an assurance about what we do not see that is faith and i'm going to explain this as johannes the founder as well as many times have explained it there's five different components in 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 this in this verse just that the author got it wrong wrong order okay <laughs> it starts with hope what is faith hope faith starts with hope you start to hope for something what are you hoping for right now what are you wishing what are you dreaming about for the future? Faith is always in the future. It's not, it's not yet. Faith is in the future. You are, you're reaching out to grab hold of something that is in the future and that you're hoping for. And maybe some of you listening today, you're in a situation in life and, and you're not sure that you can have faith for, for that thing that you are dreaming of, but you have some hope and that hope is very valuable that hope should not be despised because that hope is the beginning of faith you're hoping for a better better future it's then comes not seen you're hoping in something that is not seen as soon as it is seen it's no longer faith then you have it here so, so it's something that, that is ahead of you uh, we want to keep, in, keep on dreaming about what God is going to do in the future. I, I, I read an article one, one, one time about, about how the older we get, the more we stop dreaming and we stop to draw from our past. When, when, when you start, to, when, when the older you get, when you think about your future, everything that you have experienced before, that is helping out forming your expectations for the future. So if you have been disappointed many times, if you've been hurt, if you've been, been, been let down, that is helping forming your faith for the future. If you ask a child about the future, there is no limits. You know, like everything can happen. There's no limits on all the dreams because, because they haven't experienced so much, much before. Uh, but how can we keep on dreaming as we are getting older? There is only one way, I think, and that is by living a life in prayer. The people I have met that are older, but they are still praying. They are still dreaming. Mark Bettison is, is an author and pastor in the States. He says, says that praying is a form of dreaming and dreaming is a form of praying. As long as you pray, you keep looking forward. You keep stretching forward. So we haven't seen it yet. Uh, but what, what we're hoping for, what we haven't seen, when we're adding the Word of God, when we're listening to God, it starts to become a faith. It's confidence. That's step number three. And, and the Greek word confidence... Uh, Greek uh, philo uh, uh, philosophers were, was using this word and they described it like this. Things as they really are. Things as they really are, not as, as they looks like. So it is how it really are. <laughs> not how it look on the surface, but things as it really are. Uh, it's also uh, a firm foundation. It can be, be translated with, with a firm foundation. And it's also as an um, I, I don't know the right word but but like um you have paper on something that you're the owner if if you huh title yeah title deed thank you a title deed if if you're the owner of a house you have a title deed that can prove that it's your house so so let's say that you've been out traveling and someone has been occupying your house then you can come there and you can drive them out because you have the title that you are the owner it's your house so you can tell them to go out 
And, and, and that's how faith often works. You haven't seen it yet, but it's, un, it's unseen, but you kind of know God has something for you. And you need to go after it. And if you have this assurance on the inside, you know that it belongs to you. And I was thinking how I could illustrate it. And, and I'm, I'm going to talk, take a small part of the story me and Elia has, <laughs> how we met. And we have a long story how we, how, we, how we came together and became a couple. Long story. I take a piece of a short story, okay? <laughs> we were dating for, for a long time, back and forth. And then, then, then we ended up not seeing each other for al almost a year. Um, and, and, uh, and I was thinking about who I should meet. And we had an older woman in the church that said, when I'm praying for you, I'm always thinking about you and Eli together. It's not a prophecy, but, but that's, a, that, that's, that, that, that's a name that is always coming to my, my, my mind when I'm praying for you. Um, and I started to pray over that. And I, I just know, Eli, she's mine. <laughs> I, I've heard many, many guys coming with prophecies that, that, that they should be together with a beautiful, a good-looking girl. I, I mean, uh, but I know she's mine. Huh? And so I, I was thinking, I will, I will ask her out again. But then I heard that she was dating someone else. And I was thinking, that is not right. <laughs> that is not right. So I, I was thinking, what should I do? I was thinking, should I go and speak with him? Should I call him up? What should I, I need to do something. I mean, she's mine. I have to do something, right? So me and my friend, we decided, okay, let's pray. Pray of agreement that they will stop date this, date this week. <laughs> And Monday next week, I will call her up and ask her out for a date. <laughs> so if they're still seeing each other, she will know that I'm interested. Huh? Uh, what did I do? I took my title B. <laughs> I was like, God, I know that this is right. And I'm going to drive away all of these occupants, <laughs> occupants as he's trying to take what belongs to me. So we were praying. And then in the beginning of, 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 of next week, I called her, called her up and asked her out. And she said yes. She had stopped dating him that week. And she was just waiting, for, for, waiting on my phone call. Can you see it? It was something that belonged to me. But I had to act on it. <laughs> That's how faith works. You get a confidence about something. This healing belongs to me. This miracle belongs to me. This job belongs to me. This house belongs to me. A new building belongs to us. And, and you get a confidence in God. You have it on paper. You haven't seen it yet, but you know it. It's real and you're acting on it. That's how faith works. That, that confidence is now growing into an insurance. That's step number four. You have no longer of any doubts. You know that you know that you know this is happening. And, and that assurance is so firm that very soon you have the evidence. Number five, you have the things. You see it. It's, it's, no, it, it's no longer a question mark. You are in the new building. You have signed the new job. You have the ring on a finger. You know, like, it have happened. That is how faith is working. That is how the author of Hebrews explains faith. And, and, and in the next verse, it's written that this is what the ancient were commanded for. That's how the people received the prayer answers. They were living in faith. 
You know, every kingdom has different currencies. If you're buying something in Sweden, you need Swedish crowns. If you're going to the States, you need American dollars. Every nation, every kingdom have different currencies. Uh, the kingdom of God has faith as a currency. If you want to receive anything from God, you do it by faith. Uh, what do you use money for? I mean, if you want to be provided for, you need some money. Uh, whatever you're going to accomplish almost, you need money. It's the same thing with faith. You need to believe that God is going to provide for you. Uh, the, the second question that I, I seen in, in the letter of Hebrews is, why should I have faith? I know what faith is, but why should I have faith? And we go to Hebrews 11 and 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's not hard. It is completely impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who is honestly seeking Him. So when you're honestly seeking God, you don't seek the belongings. You don't seek the reward. You're seeking God. And when you're seeking God, He's sending out these rewards. And that reward is going to seek you up. It's going to overtake you. It's going to come up on you because you're seeking God. You're seeking His presence. You're seeking His relationship. He is a good God that wants to bless you. And, and, and I was, when I read this, I was thinking about it's, it's exactly what is happening when you are in better company than, than, than yourself. When you are with someone that has more resources, you're going to be blessed by that. When you just see, are in that relationship. And on one mission trip, um, I, I met, met a businessman from, from Pittsburgh that, that was on that mission trip. And, and he said, next time you're coming over to our school in, in Pittsburgh, you, yeah, I want to take you on, on an NHL game. I said, sure, why not? I'm coming this fall. <laughs> yeah, so when, when I met with him, he was picking me up. He had a parking just, just at the arena. And I'd been one time before that we were walking for, I don't know, 30 minutes to get there. Parking at the arena. We took the elevator up. It was the best restaurant with a view over Pittsburgh. It was a huge buffet. Everyone in that place know him. <laughs> know him, know his family. He, we, uh, do you want the ordinary table? How is your daughter doing now? You know, like, he, he, he's, he's, he was always going there. And then, then when we've been eating some of the best dinner I ever had, we went down and had the best seats in the arena. You know, like, everything was top class. And, and then, then I was driving me back to the hotel and I just felt like, wow, this, this was awesome. And I think that's a little bit how it is with God. When, when you seek, you don't seek the reward. You don't seek what someone else can. You know, I mean, you don't take advantage of a friend. You, you, you're just a friend. But, but when they are on another level, you're going to be blessed by that. And I think it's the same thing when we are seeking God in His presence. You're blessed by being around God. You experience things just because He has more than you have. Because He is above. Financially, relationally, health-wise, uh, peace, joy, love, excitement. God is going to give it to you when you seek Him. It's just coming with Him. So why should we have faith? Because it's going to bless your life. Uh, Proverbs 30 and 28 says this. A lizard can be caught in the hand, yet it's found in the king's palaces. And I think that you and me, we are like that lizard. 
you're sneaking into the king's palace. You're living like a king. It's, it's not your place, but you can eat that food. <laughs> you, can, you can even sneak up and sleep in the king's bed because, because you've been coming in there. That is like you and me coming to God. We're coming in and we feel like we belong. <laughs> we feel like we are a prince in his kingdom. But it's just because we are around him. It's not on us. It's on him. And that is happen happening by faith. Um, so how can we have faith? That is the, the, the last question I want to bring up that I see in the letters of Hebrews. How can we actually have faith? We know what faith is. We know why we should have faith. But how can we have faith? Is it any way to know that we know that we know that God is going to take care of us? How can we know that He's actually going to be faithful? If you're going to a bank in Sweden and you, you want a loan, then they're going to do a checkup on you. Have you been, been paying your bills before? Do you have other loans? Are you a trustworthy customer? Can we trust you to lend you our money? And they want to check, check, your, <laughs> check your background. If you want to know if you can trust God or not, is there a way to check his background, track his record? Have God been faithful in the past? Because if he has, he most likely is going to be faithful in the future. And I think that that is kind of like the question in the book of Hebrews because, because the author, he's checking God's background. He's going back into the Old Testament and he's going through person after person after person that have been walking in faith. And if God has been faithful to them, God is going to be faithful to us so he's doing a background check have God been faithful and if God has been faithful he's going to be to you so now you get the answer can you trust God or not and, and we start with we will take three persons quickly and the first one is Noah Noah I, I didn't find a picture of Noah so I took Al but he's also a carpenter he's part of this church he wasn't on socials I couldn't find, find any picture anywhere so it's good enough, huh? <laughs> By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By faith, he, was, he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Noah, he devoted his life to building things. He was a carpenter. That's how we serve God. Let me see how many is in full-time ministry for God. <laughs> We're two, two persons. How many is working with, 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 with something else? I mean, you're following God, serving. Yeah, some other people are working. Some is doing nothing. <laughs> but, but most people are not doing that. Uh, but God is, is not just of the people that can preach. God is of the people that are doing all kinds of things. You can serve God with what you have. You can serve God where you are. He was, Noah was one of the greatest men of God in the Old Testament. And he was a carpenter. And he was serving God by building things. And many times when I've read it, I have imagining the family. His wife saying, okay, can we, can we do something else than building this Saturday? No. We, we need to finish the boat. Okay, when is it done? Maybe in 50 years, we'll see. Uh, you know, like week after week after week, just building. No, are you sure that it's coming, coming some rain? Because we are in the desert. We hardly know what rain is. 
God has said, let's continue to build. Can you see boys growing up, three teenage boys saying, Dad, what are we going to do this, this Saturday? Can we go and play some football? I don't know what they do in the desert. Can we do something fun? Yes, we will build. Can we do something other than build? What about next week? Then we will build as well. Okay, what about next month? Yeah, but then we are building. What about in 10 years? No, we will build. That is what we're doing with our lives. Sometimes I have felt a little bit like that with church. <laughs> what are we doing? We are building His church. What are we going to do this week? We will have a life group. We will invite people home. We will pray together. What are we doing this Sunday? You know, like that is what we are doing. We are part of building His kingdom. But, but, but that boat was not just going to save the animals. The, the giraffes and the elephant. It was going to save no one his family. He was building a boat that was saving their lives. That's why it was worth devoting his life to. And when we are building his church, come on, let's give God some praise. When, when you are getting engaged building his church, you're not just, you're building it for Stockholm, but you're also building the boat where you're going to be saved. You're building the boat that is going to carry your family, your kids, your friends. You are building your boat. And Noah was a carpenter in faith. Another person in the Old Testament that is a true hero is Abraham. Oh, Abraham. I found him on socials. He has his own account. You can check it out. Abraham. Abraham, uh, Abraham 11, no, Hebrews 11 and 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place that he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went. Obeyed and went. Even though he did not know where he was going, by faith, he made his home in the promised, like a stranger in a foreign, foreign country. He lived in tent, as did Isaac and Jacob, who was heirs of the same promise. If Noah was building in faith, Abraham was tenting in faith. I don't know how you like tent, living in tent, but it's a bit special. I mean, it's, sometimes it's raining and the water comes into the tent. You're sleeping on the ground. You know, like living in a tent for the rest of your life. I mean, for one week is for something. But live in a tent for the rest of your life. Never have your own house. I don't know how many that is up for it. You need some faith. Abraham, he was tent, living in tent for the rest of his life in faith. God had promised him a land, but as long as he lived, he never, it was never his. <laughs> but he was still putting up his tent in place of the place, raising up altars, worshiping God, claiming that this is my land. He was doing that for the rest of his life in faith, and he never really saw the result. He didn't know that, that thousands of years later, we would still read about his life. And his faith was going to speak to us. He couldn't know it except through faith. Because if God has promised it, he was all in. That is how it is to live a life in faith. You might not even see all the results of the things that you are part of. But it is, you're doing it for the next generation. You're doing it for the future. You don't know what is going to happen. But if you obey and are living in faith, there is not really any limits. Uh, Pastor Jeff Leak, that is, is, is a partner of SOS Church and been here many times, he used to say that, that 
Uh, the greatness of a man or, or, or a woman is not what you can acquire, but what you can put in motion. In your life, you can put things in motion that you might never see the end result of, but you're pushing something forward that will continue to outgrow you for the rest of your life. And Mo Abraham was living a life in faith. The last heroes I want to take up is the parents of Moses. They were on social. I could find them. And by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born. Because they saw that it was no ordinary child. And they were not afraid of the king's edict. They were risking their lives by hiding him away. What are you hiding in faith? Taxes? <laughs> That's not what you should hide. You can hide. <laughs> if you're hiding it, you can go. <laughs> <laughs> you can hide your children away in faith from some things because you think that there is something better for them you can hide away a friend from what, what they are living in right now you have a friend that is living in some addiction or destructive really and you hide them away you're bringing them into the church you're bringing them into relationship with God you're hiding people away by praying for them you're hiding them in way but start to, to sharing Jesus with them and you hide them away from a lot of darkness from a lot of evil things in faith you can hide in faith you can be a parent in faith you can be a friend in faith because you don't know what is going to happen through that person that you're helping they could never have known that the three-month-old baby that they were holding in their arms was going to lead a nation out of slavery was going to write big parts of the Old Testament was going to get receive the commandments of God they could never have known that except through faith we are living a life in faith we are living in something that we have not yet seen we're living for something greater god has called us to live a life in faith and how can you know that, that you can trust him and lay your life in his hands because he has been faithful before when we're checking his his background when we're checking what, what he has done before we see he has been faithful to those that gave themselves to him and then he's going to be faithful to you because he doesn't he, he doesn't change he's always the same in hebrews 12 and 2 how can we live a life in faith it's written here fixing our eyes on jesus the pioneer and the perfecter of faith for the joy set before him he endured the cross scorning his shame and sat down on the right hand of the throne of god how can you live a life in faith by closing your eyes by fixing your eyes on Jesus because he's the author and he's the perfecter of your faith can we stand up together I loved um, that Emil was sharing his testimony here before there is so much in that story that that is just agreeing with this he was calling upon the name of the Lord he was fixing fixing his thoughts on Jesus and he is the author he's the one that gives the faith and he's the perfecter of faith Jesus he want to perfect your faith 
I don't know what you're going through right now, but I know that what you're going through is not final. I don't know what difficulties you're meeting, but I know that God always have a way out and that He has been faithful before and He's going to remain faithful. And, and, and how you experience it by fixing your eyes on Jesus. He's, he's the author and the perfecter of our faith. If you came here today and you have never given your life to Jesus or if you are following us online and you have never given your life to Jesus, today you can do that. And it starts with hope. Maybe when you have heard me speak, you have received a hope. Maybe God is real. Maybe Jesus can fix my life. If he could fix Eman's life, maybe he can take my life and do something out of me as well. Maybe you have that small hope. Don't just leave that hope like that. You need to take that hope and you give it to God. You're calling upon the name of the Lord and say, Jesus, if you are for real, change my life. And when you do putting that hope in him, things starts to happen. You have been listening to a podcast from SOS Church Stockholm. If you want to know more about the church or have information about our Bible school and leadership academy, go online to soschurch.se. We hope to see you soon at a celebration here in Stockholm or at one of our daughter's churches in Gothenburg or Malmö. Have a wonderful week.